1: We all know how social media and digital content is reforming the world of media. Cord cutters are changing how we watch our favorite shows and sports, and YouTube has been right there in the middle of it. A new book looks at the reasons behind the growth. It is titled Streampunks YouTube and the Rebels Remaking Media. The book is authored by Manny Pavon and also Robert Kinzel. Uh, Manny is the lead writer at Google who also advises on communication strategy, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show right now. Manny, welcome.
0: Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Uh, The title comes from this new brand of YouTube stars in part that are on the site, correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. We want to write a book about some of the incredible creators and entrepreneurs who are on YouTube and using YouTube as a platforms that really change the way traditional media works. and that's definitely a rebellion. so that, that captures the punk angle and streaming video is uh, the stream side of that. So stream punks is uh, what we came up with.
1: So then when you look at the growth of, of YouTube in general, what do you think are maybe the couple most important factors that have really helped YouTube grow into, into the, the massive entity that it is right now?
0: Yeah, well, I think everyone is, is really aware of how much streaming video has changed media. Everyone's aware of Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. But I think one thing we at, at YouTube uh, found really interesting was that for all the noise those, those companies are making, what they're doing is taking very traditional forms of media, whether they're comedies or dramas or documentaries or comedy specials, and really transmitting them in a new way, right? Distributing them over the internet. I think what's unique about YouTube, and one thing we, that really motivated us to, to work on this book was to say, there's actually something bigger happening on YouTube. There is an entirely new class of entertainers and creators and educators who are uh, really you know, not going through the Hollywood system, not being anointed by gatekeepers, but really putting themselves out there uh, on video and, and drawing massive fans mm-hmm. I think that's something we want to highlight. I think the fact that they've created new forms, different types of content that you really wouldn't see on TV, whether it's how-to videos or you know gaming people who love to play game video games online and can sort of share that experience with their fans or you know vlogging which really didn't exist uh, before you know, YouTube and other online video platforms got going. So I think it's a new type of creators coming from anywhere. I think it's the new types of content that people hadn't really seen before. I think that really ascribes a lot of the, the growth and popularity of the platform.
1: But d- does it in part also kind of link into the, the viral video uh, nature we have uh, with a lot of these platforms right now?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think one thing that's been fascinating about, I've been at at Google and YouTube for about four years, and I think one thing that's been fascinating for me to see is when I thought of YouTube before uh, joining, I really thought of it as that viral platform, the place I'd go and see, you know, whatever video just kind of happened to be in the zeitgeist that week. And I think the, the big education for me and the big difference is that, you know, viral video is definitely a part of what YouTube is, but there's a far larger part, which is that... You have individual creators who run channels that have tens of millions of subscribers and fans from all around the world. People are coming every day. These are people like Lily Singh, people like Tyler Oakley, people like John Green, the author of Fault in Our Stars. These guys are commanding such attention. And it's really not about a viral video. It's really about producing content that engages people and brings them back every day, every week, every month.
1: 844 Wharton is the number to give us a call. 844 942 7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111. Uh, Manny Pavon is uh, the lead writer at Google. He is one of the authors of the book Stream Punks your comments again at 844 Wharton 844 942 7866 so then from where it is right now uh, the expectation that obviously that that this will just continue uh with YouTube and and obviously i think with a lot of uh, entities that are in the the social media digital uh video platforms right now but but what do you see as kind of the key drivers to to further growth for for an entity like YouTube
0: yeah. Well, I think, I think one thing it's important to remember is that watching video is the number one thing we do with our free time. The only things we do more than watch video in any given day is work and sleep. And so the amount of attention that is drawn to television, to online video, to, to really video of all kinds is, is massive. Right. And so the opportunity is massive as well. I think the commonly when uh, people talk about YouTube and talk about uh, the growth of online video—they, they, compare us to Netflix and Hulu and others—and they say, well, you know, at a certain point, there's only so much time in the day. I think all of us, <laughs> all the growth we've seen in online video, is really part of a bigger picture that is, you know, competing more with television and the time we spend on broadcast TV and other places than just, you know, are you watching YouTube or are you watching? Are you watching Twitter video or Facebook video or something else? It's a massive yeah. pie. I think the elements of our growth are really to be consistent and invest in those creators who are doing amazing things on our platform. And, of course, reach out globally. We reach over 1.5 billion people around the world every month. And you know, that growth really continues in markets like India and Brazil and Japan and, and other places that may not have as developed an online video market as the U.S.
1: Well, as somebody that, that commutes in every day here to, to downtown Philadelphia to do this show, I can tell you that the, the commute time that I have ends up being very important for me, whether it be doing work or whether it be watching videos of some kind. So, you know, that's a, that's that little segment of the day which the traditional media, the traditional TV entity, has never been able to capture. And companies like YouTube now have been able to take advantage of it Get the consumer in that area, and then it just carries over to other portions of their daily life. I think that's right. I think what
0: you're hitting on is just the the fact that the mobile phone has really the smartphone has transformed our relationship to video. Where maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, before you had a smartphone, how you were filling these let's call them white spaces of your day. Uh, you know, you you were reading newspapers, you had magazines, you brought a book with you. And how smartphones, headphones has, has really changed these, these moments in our lives. And, you know, a point we make in the book is that your phones are getting brighter, they're getting faster, the screens are getting bigger, the resolution is getting better. Yeah. Hopefully data speeds are getting faster. All of this points to, to a mobile future where video is just a much, much bigger part of what we spend our time doing on the phone. I think YouTube's a huge part of that. It works as well on your phone as it does on really any other device we're on. And so, yeah, that is absolutely a part of our growth as well.
1: To the phones right now in Phoenix, Arizona, Susie is on the line. Susie, go ahead. Hi. um, I was just going to share, in my family, we use a lot of technology for different purposes. I don't use it for anything of personal media, but we use it a lot to learn things. So if my husband's got something wrong with his car, he loves being able to go on there and see how to fix it. For me, for cooking or other things like that, it's just a great go-to if you're a visual learner uh, to take advantage of it. It's great. Susie, thanks very much for the comment. Uh, Manny, I find it interesting that when you talk about the smartphone part of things, uh, this is also a little bit of a, of a shift as well, because if you go back ten years or so, uh, the majority of the internet and, and you know videos that were consumed, for the most part, were on the home computer or were on a laptop, and so obviously the smartphone has added a component, and with the way people are attached to their smartphones, it's almost it's almost outgrown what the home computer and the laptop can provide.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think we saw mobile video eclipse our, our desktop viewing a, a while ago, a uh, few years back now. And yeah, that's absolutely just a, a much bigger part of how we're consuming entertainment. And especially the younger you are, the higher your consumption is on the mobile phone. One thing that's pretty interesting is, uh, that we've seen at YouTube just over the last couple of years is that uh, YouTube, people watching YouTube on their TVs, on their smart TVs or yeah. you know, smart-enabled devices, that's actually our fastest-growing screen. It just kind of goes to show you how much things have changed, where, you know, I probably started watching YouTube on my laptop when I was in college, to uh, people are now sitting down and consuming, you know, longer form content on their, on their televisions as well. And just to follow up on Susie's comment, I mean, how-to clips, people trying to, you know, fix their dishwasher at home, that's a huge part of how we see, uh, of how YouTube is used, especially, I, I think the older you get, the more you hear Stories of people, you know, fixing the appliances and things like that in their house, and that's right. also part of the mobile mobile aspect as well. It's much easier to take your phone under your, you know, sink to fix your garbage uh, yeah. disposal than it is to uh, bring your laptop around.
1: Well, you, you mentioned obviously the 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 importance there. Or I should say the usage of. of of YouTube here in the United States but when you look globally at what YouTube is where are the areas that that you guys see the greatest growth potential moving forward because it as you said it's already a global entity and you have people that are doing these these types of different videos from around the globe right now but i would imagine there are there are areas there are pockets where that growth is is really the most promising
0: well, I think we, like I said, there's still plenty of room to grow in the U.S. when you consider how much time we spend watching video or television a day. But the reality is there are huge parts of the world where no one will ever visit YouTube.com. The only way they'll experience it is through a mobile phone. And those are parts of the world where data can be more expensive, where it's difficult to, uh, to reach people or, or use um, really to get the kind of service you need. And so we're working incredibly hard in those markets whether it's India, Indonesia, I mentioned Brazil to create a version of of YouTube and, mm-hmm. and certainly in sub-Saharan Africa as well that's a bit lighter that's that's easier for people to use it doesn't draw as much data and allows people to to really engage with the platform in a big way and yeah that's absolutely a part of our a, a huge part of our future growth
1: where does the level of importance fall on the understanding of, of what is provided for the consumer on YouTube. I mean, obviously, there there has been a bigger push uh, by a variety of, of social media companies to make sure that, that that consumers have a wide range of video to watch, but also making making sure that they are helping the consumer as well in terms of what they're watching, if you understand what I mean.
0: I, I think so. I think one of the one of the things we talk about in StreamPunks is this idea between uh, what we call delicious and nutritious videos. Yeah. So videos that, um, whether it's how-to content or educational content or learning content, things yeah. that, that really empower and educate a, uh, a viewer, and other content that's just about entertainment. And I think uh, we always are, are trying to be very mindful of that balance. I think one thing we have constantly tried to... To fight, and of course, we can always do a better job. is just making sure that people aren't getting recommended spammy videos, aren't getting recommended, you know, misleading videos, things that that really don't represent what they're the way they're labeled or, or what they want to talk about. And you know, when we started switching, uh, I think this is several years back now, when we started switching how our recommendation algorithms worked, instead of just focusing on what the most popular videos were and really focusing on uh, what people spent their time watching and trying to recommend those videos. The, The videos where people actually showed a commitment that they wanted to enjoy what they were watching. Initially, we took a dive in the number of videos that were – in the number of views that were seen. But over time, what we saw is that people watched and enjoyed more of this content. That is to say, the better, the more nutritious, the better recommendations we were making, the more people enjoyed and engaged with our platform. So it's definitely – I think sometimes it can be a short-term, long-term sort of view of things. But I think in the long-term, we're always concerned about – uh making sure we provide the best experience for the viewer
1: a comment from from one of our listeners uh through twitter uh he goes i use uh, youtube for fitness training i.e yoga instruction a- and off of that i'd be interested to see are, are you able to start to determine uh how many people are are really using that for their vehicle in terms of in this case uh you know uh, uh getting uh fitness training And what the impact is on other companies, you know, I I mean, I would think at some point you're going to be able to determine if this has the number of people that use fitness videos through YouTube will have an impact on people actually going to a fitness club or not going to a fitness club.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure we've we've actually run the numbers or, or done an analysis there, but I will say that things like yoga and weight training and fitness training, those are absolutely the kinds of things that people enjoy watching on their living room more often. It's just easier to kind of set up your mat in your living room and throw it on your smart TV and and follow along. Uh, and again, it's content that, that works really well. It's really, I mean, the fact that you can search for whatever pose or whatever uh, type of you know, vinyasa regimen that you want to go through. The fact that it's on demand, I think, just gives people a lot more flexibility than walking into a class or walking into a gym where, you know, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get if it's your first time. And so you see that across a whole range of how to content. The fact that you can actually look for what kind of cake you want to bake rather than just waiting and seeing whatever comes up on TV on, you know, on a cooking show. Is a huge, huge advantage, and I think that that represents a growing part of how YouTube is really going to, um, you know, sort of sit alongside TV and and what's going to do better on on one platform versus the other.
1: What what has adding something like YouTube TV meant for the company?
0: Well, it's a it's an incredibly exciting part of uh, of what we're doing. I think one thing we have really learned in the last several years is that it's not. I think people's frustrations with, with television were really not necessarily about the content. We see a ton of TV content do incredibly well on YouTube, whether yeah. it's you know, HBO's John Oliver or Ellen or clips from The Tonight Show. I mean, these things really sort of take off, and, and the partners and the, the broadcast networks we work with to bring that content online have been really, I think, sort of farsighted and, and progressive in, in doing that and seeing how much of a larger art audience they can get globally online than, you know, just when their show airs at 11.30, when The Tonight Show airs at 11.30 on any given night. So anyway, we have this realization that people actually love TV content. It's just difficult to consume it. And especially younger consumers who may be used to a much more mobile experience, you know, have a tough time with, with the way cable is structured and TV anywhere is structured. So we wanted to sort of bring the best of, of both worlds together, the content that the TV content that people that we know people love, Uh, watching on YouTube and the flexibility that you know watching YouTube on your whether it's your phone or your tablet or your TV is is really simple to do and package them into one thing and It's been tremendous YouTube TV has been incredible. I think everyone uh, sort of saw uh, Who watched the World Series is very aware of YouTube TV? In fact, we're we're growing around the country and um, it's an It's definitely an exciting part of our business for
1: sure Manny Pavon is the co-author of the book StreamPunks, YouTube, and the Rebels Remaking Media. Your comments are welcome at 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. What do you think, then, because of all of these different elements and the fact that the consumer wants to – uh, wants to uh, watch all of this content in such a, a different realm. What do you think it's going to mean for media in general moving forward? And, and I mean, you guys as well as the companies like Comcast and Verizon who are obviously trying to make sure that that, uh, that they don't lose consumers on a monthly basis.
0: You know, I think everything that, that we've sort of learned and everything that the media uh, industry has sort of learned over the last several years is that you really need to empower the viewer. You really need to let them have the viewing experience that they want. I think being on demand is a huge part of that experience. That's something Netflix has really pushed. That's something we've obviously pushed. And I think increasingly, whether it's Comcast, X one or whether you're hearing about Disney's plans to roll out a subscription video on demand service that's going to be a huge part of it that people want to pick and choose what they what they want to see right I think the flexibility across devices is incredibly important. I think the idea that people are just going to turn on their TVs and, and flip channels is is really outdated and I think we need to um, you know make sure that people can watch the content they want to watch on different devices whether it you know as you said when you're on your commute in the morning maybe what you really want to watch is the local morning news or what you really want to watch is you know sports highlights or sports center and i think making sure people have an easy way to do that is going to be important
1: you also talk in the book about about how uh this entity has kind of changed the music industry as well
0: yeah that's right i think uh the The fact is that streaming music has exploded over the last uh, several years and you know we're YouTube is is obviously a big part of that and we're just we're trying to push even harder in that direction. We've launched a subscription service uh, YouTube red which also includes music and so uh, we want to make sure that people who are listening or want to watch the latest music video on their phones or on their tablets or PCs are able to do that. It's it's a huge uh, and growing area for us and, and definitely an area you're going to hear a lot more about uh, throughout the year, a, a big area of investment.
1: For well, us. but, but how, do, how, do, how is the – and obviously, when you're bringing all of this content forward, obviously, there's a monetary element to it uh, for the company itself. There's a monetary element for the consumer as well. You have to make sure, obviously, in this day and age, that the value for the consumer is is right, so that they will want to make that shift. That the, I mean, obviously, the content that you have is great, and and it's it's half the battle. But the other half of the battle is the value that the consumer sees.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think that's absolutely true. You you have to put together content packages that are appealing and that are worth people shelling out, uh, you know, a monthly fee for. But I think one thing that the mobile phone has really done to all of us is it's gotten us used to this idea of subscriptions and paying for content on a monthly basis. And, you know, if you kind of think of the old days of the Internet, uh, you know, it's really sort of e-commerce and advertising supported. I think that was a business model that made the most sense. And I think now as we're, you know, more and more in a mobile future, I think the subscription model is actually um perfect for mobile phones. It's it's really I think you see that in the growth of news publications that do really well. You see that in the growth of Netflix and Spotify. And I think we're increasingly a part of that as well.
1: And you expect and you, and you expect that, that with that growth will continue uh, the growth of, of advertisers wanting to be on platforms like this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think advertisers are, I mean, if you speak to any marketer or any sort of media agency, I think what they'll tell you is they they know the number is better than anybody. They know that it's harder to get people's attention throughout the day. They know there's more competition for people's attention throughout the day. Uh, and they know that uh, the younger you are, the less TV you watch. And I think that Absolutely. Online video is going to be a huge part of where advertisers can go to get attention. I think one thing that's unique about YouTube is, you know, it really is built for video. That's the experience you're looking for when you open your app. And so video ads are just, they sort of fit neatly alongside. They don't feel as interruptive to, to the content as right. they may do on other, other platforms. So, yeah, I absolutely think, I mean, that's our core business at YouTube. And I think that's absolutely going to be our core business going down, down the line.
1: Thanks for joining us today, Manny, and all the best with the book.
0: Thank you very much. Take Thank care. you. The
1: book again is Streampunks, YouTube, and the Rebels Remaking Media. Mani Pavon and uh, Robert Kinzel, who is the uh, co author with uh, Mani on this uh, book as well. It is available in bookstores and online now.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton,
1: please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.